Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. Now for the Sunday Morning Hangover with Nick Curran and Phil Baker on your number one spot for sports in Louisville, ESPN 680 and 1057. I met a girl Whoa. yesterday that said that she'd never, she didn't know Magic Johnson had HIV. Huh. I'm like, what how, rock do you live under? How old's this woman? Uh, your age? No, she's like late 30s, early 40s. Okay. So my age. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how? How? I don't know. That one's hard. Like, I, she's not a sports fan. I yeah. get it, but yeah, so come that was, on. That was a big story from yeah. our childhood. Yeah, it really was. Well, it, it is, in case you didn't realize it, you might now. The Sunday Morning Hangover here on ESPN 680 and 105.7. Thanks for being with us. Oh. He's Zach Cantrell. I'm Nick Curran here in studio. Phil Baker joins us on remote today. Hi. Complete Hi. I'm, I'm in the ba- yes, I'm in the Baker bunker. Hopefully it's not too hollow. I'm doing this from my kitchen island, so I can already Perfect. hear it. It sounds uh, a little hollow, but this is what happens. Oh, what? We've got the kiddos in the background. This is great. What are we doing today? Uh, just child care issues. We're, we're having her watch Bolt and, and we've tried to do that. So I'm going to be, if you hear me drop for a second, it's because she's trying to figure something out on her own. <laughs> and I've uh, just, uh, yeah, I'm solo today. So that's uh, where we are right now. But this is uh, the, Been there. Uh, the, the, yes, this is the belly of the beast. But you're in good hands with Nikki C and Zachy C. Yeah, Phil's actually the smart one because it feels like negative five out and he didn't have to actually step outside of his house. So I guess that, that's a point to you, Phil. But me and Nick, we're the hardworking ones here in the studio. We brave through these conditions. So, I mean, yeah, this is this is something. It is cold. It is. I, I couldn't open my window in my car, you know, to scan the parking pass to get into the garage. So that, that should tell you how cold it is out. Say that. What did I do about the parking pass? I have a parking pass. No, I'm saying I couldn't open my car door window because it's frozen. Because it's oh, cold. oh, yeah. wow, that's it's it's that cold out there. So I've gone out a couple times to take the trash out. Yeah, and I know it's uh, it's, it's pretty bad, it's, but it's, it's not dropping. it's not it's dropping. It's it's not uh, peacocky like it's not no. the, the NBC. It's not quite there. I didn't, uh, as you could guess, watch that game at all. No, last night for multiple reasons. Um, as I think most people predicted, the Chiefs pretty dominant in that game as um, the Dolphins having to play in ridiculously cold weather. I think the, the stat was they haven't won a playoff game when it's less than 40 or something like that. So Yeah, uh, Floridians get uncomfortable and they wear jackets when it gets below 60 degrees. And no one's comfortable when it's negative 30, but especially not people from Florida. Did, didn't Did you all see Andy Reid's mustache? Yes. Great oh, mustache. Yeah. Always a great mustache. But, you know, with the icicles, he couldn't do that uh, combo deal that he likes to do. 
do with State Farm with the Nuggies. <laughs> I mean, lo- loved everything about that. Didn't watch a second of the game. Chiefs won. Uh, the Texans with a dominant win over the Browns, so not a lot Pat of compelling Mahomes football. Helmet broke. Well, I didn't know that. Oh yeah, I was watching Caitlin Clark for free on uh, the Fox Network last night, Iowa and Indiana. Uh, and like I'm Rick Bozich was, he you, tweeted that. I'm not scoffing. I'm not scoffing at you doing that. You do a show with an individual who may or may not allegedly, for legal purposes only, may have may have a site or two for you. No, no, listen, I'm a Peacock subscriber. I pay for Peacock, but uh, not watching that. But not for football, for baseball and... Do yeah. they have? Yeah, they do have basketball on there now because the Big Ten does have their basketball yeah. deal. So. Yeah, out of principle, I'm not watching an NFL playoff game on Peacock. Ridiculous. Well, the, I hope other people follow sh- my lead. You sh- you showed Roger Goodell. You I hope, showed Roger I, hope Goodell. I hope a lot of people decided not to watch it so that it doesn't become a a regular thing because that's the only way for it to not become a regular thing is if people don't watch. I'm guessing you're probably wrong. My guess is most people actually did figure out a way to of course you know, they sign did. up, they but canceled. Like blah, we blah, could blah. be spiraling toward a Super Bowl exclusively on Peacock. I don't which think is, that'll ever happen. Feels gross. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, very interesting stuff. NFL playoffs underway this weekend. A lot of college basketball of course to talk to. Everybody uh, I think the top 10 teams in the country took a combined nine losses over the course of this week, uh, which is wild. We can get to that. Obviously, Kentucky, unfortunately, one of those falling at Texas A&M in overtime yesterday, which we'll get to. Louisville, the big win at Miami during the the middle of the week, backed it up with a, a, a game that they... It felt like a lot of the game, I thought it felt like they were going to win. Uh, Couldn't quite get it done against NC State yesterday, which we'll get into as well. Uh, 267-9680 is the phone number. 437-9680, the UPS jobs text line if you would like to, uh, to weigh in. Perhaps a little well, bit of and I what else is going out. on on the back end as well. Yes, go ahead. Yeah, no, sorry about that. I, whenever we don't see each other, we step all over each other. That's the beauty of this show. No, I want to give a shout-out to uh, good old Ince and Gandolfo and Zachy C. They they got creative. Sometimes we got some scheduling conflicts with our partnerships with UofL and Bellarmine and the NFL playoffs that we have to carry, so we got to get creative. So the guys got creative, and they built a good audience with the Ken, Kentucky Fish and Wildlife postgame show, so they were able to do that on Twitter spaces. The podcast is up now on ESPN. PNLouisville.com, but kudos to them for getting creative on that. They got a nice audience, and I know the text line was wondering where it's that's at, and it's happened a couple times, but now there's a new avenue in which that happens. I, obviously, you know you're going to get Ethan Moore and Taylor Lynch on the Coors Light postgame show after Bob and Paul go off the air, but uh, kudos to them, because I know there was some angry people, and we'll do a better job of promoting that last time. It was kind of scrambling a little bit if we were going to do one, if we weren't, but I uh, appreciate those guys doing that. I know they got a loyal following there, and what was a uh, fun game down in College Station as a texter pointed out since Kentucky lost, he said, we'll probably open the show talking about that, but you know how I feel about Robert Dillingham and how much I love Ooh. him. Oh. Uh, but, but I mean, some questionable shots at the end, but nonetheless, you live and die with that. Uh, but man, he is just a, just, I, you know how I feel about his style. Oh, I, like, it's just, I'm in all of it. Well, he was the reason they were in that game because he hit those threes at the very end just to get the game into overtime. So yeah. you, you take the good and the bad with Dillingham. My big takeaway is that Aaron Bradshaw only played six minutes and had four fouls, and he's just got to get more physical. He's got to be more of a factor in these kind of games. You know, Shepard didn't play great. We could talk all we want about how Kentucky didn't play very well, and they didn't, especially defensively, but they only lost by five on the road in overtime against a desperate Texas A&M team. This isn't a loss that I'm 
going to freak out too much about if I'm a UK fan. Yes, it's a missed opportunity because of all the teams that lost ahead of them, and they had a chance to potentially move up into the top three or four. But I'm not overly concerned long-term about the future uh, of this season. And I still think they've got a decent chance to win out in January. I know they got to go on the road to Arkansas. Mississippi State just beat Tennessee. They're going to play them this week. They're going to play Georgia this week. They almost beat Tennessee. It's not going to be an easy path, but I think it's a very doable path for this Kentucky team. Dillingham, uh, Louie mentioned earlier in the week that he said that uh, Dillingham was like the Kentucky version of Russ Smith as far as a guy that is going to make Calipari pull his hair out. Like, no, no, good shot, kid. Uh, But, I mean, yeah, I I don't want to obsess too much about it if I'm a UK fan. It's a tough loss for sure and a missed opportunity, but it's not something that I'm going to freak out too much about. Yeah, I I think that you know, as we talked about, everybody seemingly lost this week. Um, Aaron Bradshaw foul trouble hurt, but I think Kentucky. One of the positives is that they're they're used to playing without him because they were without him for most of the early part of the year. Um, so I, I think they can get past that. Yugana uh, Onyenso was really good at blocking shots. Had five of those. He was kind of the defensive presence. Obviously, they they miss Bradshaw a little, but but I don't think. That was um, decisive. A few things. I think that, um, first of all, was going to be a tough game regardless going on the road against AM. They're going to play very physical, a physical kind of experienced team. That's what Buzz uh, Williams typically puts together, and you knew um, that they, they were going to be um, in it that way. And a younger, inexperienced Kentucky team could have uh, some issues with that. Uh, Texas A&M going into the game, a horrid shooting team, uh, both from the field. And they didn't shoot much better than their season average from the field. But from three, they did. They hit 12 threes, shot 37.5%, 12 of 32. John Calipari told uh, Tom Leach in the pregame interview yesterday, They've been a bad shooting team, but they'll probably make them against us. And he was right. They did. They hit some shots, uh, which you have to credit AM with because they haven't been able to do that much of the year. But for Kentucky, again, thought for the most part very poised on the road, except for uh, overtime, an exception. They kind of played like a bunch of freshmen in overtime, took some bad shots. Uh, but Dillingham unconscious 0 for 5 from 3 and then down the stretch just steps up and makes the three biggest ones of the game to keep Kentucky right there and give them the lead Um, I thought that down the stretch there was some bad officiating uh, the foul on Dillingham that allowed AM to go in front by two it was a bad turnover by DJ Wagner just kind of a, a boneheaded play but uh, there, there was not a foul there. I, I, I didn't see any contact that Dillingham gave, so uh, I didn't think that was a foul. And then I guess uh, people pointed out on the other end. I didn't think Reed Shepard got fouled either. So yeah, I guess it even out had to have been a makeup because I, I really didn't think Dillingham um, got fouled. The 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 kick out three pointer that they called an offensive foul was pretty crazy. There there was some tough calls in the game, uh, but overall, again. Really impressed by this Kentucky team and the poise, even in a loss. 22 assists. They move the ball so well. DJ Wagner just keeps getting better and better, um, I think. And he did have the the turnover there late that was killer, but... um, I mean, and he, uh, I mean, he continues to improve. I, I still really like this team. Obviously, a tough loss yesterday, but um, you know, it, if they hit some free throws, they win it. And I also think 
you can go back to and it's the first time I've seen a game where the rule this year has really played a factor. The The way they review goaltending now, it's, yeah. it's a new rule this right. year. Um, if you make the call, you can go back and check it, but you can't do it until the next media timeout. So it's two or three minutes later, Kentucky has two points taken off the board, which obviously ends up being key in a game where you go to overtime. And like Kentucky was going to have the rebound after the block. And probably just laid it back up. Probably back would in. have scored. Yep. So I understand the reason why they the rule is the way it is now. They don't want to stop the game because the reviews, they take forever, and it's brutal, and I get that. But on plays like this, where you could have a team lose points a few minutes later, it feels like you should probably – and I know later in the game, like once you get to under two minutes or whatever, you do stop it immediately. Uh, but, but earlier there – it still feels like you should stop it immediately uh, because if, if you made the call and stopped it immediately, um, at least Kentucky knows where they are in terms of the points because that, that can be a big swing. And um, maybe there's a way to say, okay, they were clearly going to have possession, so you give them the ball uh, there. But the way you do it now, there's, there's no way to do that. Play just continues. Um, and then the team that had two points because there was goaltending call just loses their two points and loses possession of the ball, which doesn't make a lot of sense to me. It's the first time I've seen uh, it really be a factor in a game that I've watched this year. And um, I, I think they've got to figure out a different way to do that because it, it was a pretty big factor yesterday. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. I think it was definitely a big-time environment that had the opportunity for Kentucky. It had a big game feel to it. Buzz Williams was sweating profusely through his Dick Tracy uh, mobster suit on the sidelines, just glistening uh, at, at per usual. But I think ultimately with, with Kentucky, um, Zach... The goatee, by the way, even more of a mobster yeah, feel. Sorry, right. I thought it was no, great. No, no, it's got the hair plugs. He's got a little hair going now. He's not going for the bald look. But I think ultimately when you break it down uh, with this Kentucky team, um, the pieces are there in terms of talent and it's a different style of play that they're able to do and I think that's been making a lot of people uh, you know Kentucky fans somewhat joyful when it comes to everything regards to that (laughs) Texter said is Nick Mm -hmm. saying the cats were snake bitten there it is there's the first snake bitten comment of the day but the thing that surprised me as well guys Trey Mitchell 3 for 13 like this is the first time that we've seen Trey Mitchell all year just not really have it. Now, he had 13 rebounds and everything, but this team got bullied. Second chance opportunities that Texas A&M was able to get. There was a big stretch in overtime where they gave up back-to-back offensive rebounds, and although it ended with no points because of the kickout foul, it was still over a minute of possession that A&M was able to get when Kentucky was down by five with about a minute or so to go, and they didn't get that time back. How many times did we see second chance opportunities? How many times did we see? We saw there was one in particular where Reed Shepard just didn't box out and uh, I think it was uh, I think it was Radford that came in and got the and one right after that, and that just killed them. So uh, the rebounding really hurt Kentucky in this game. That's something that has been a point of emphasis. Calipari's talked about how they need to clean up on the offensive glass. It just didn't happen in this game, and that's something that could be a long-term problem for them if they don't get it figured out. I, yeah, I, I agree. I, I think that this was a good learning experience for a young team and it is important to keep in mind that there's a lot of youth with this Kentucky team but they did get 
the physicality and, and kind of got bullied by it a little bit. Now, Kentucky did get 17 offensive rebounds themselves, but they were out-rebounded by eight. Um, A&M really dominated. The defensive rebounds were even, and A&M had a 25-17 advantage on the offensive glass. Uh, it only ended up being 21-20 A&M in second chance points. They weren't always able to convert, but uh, as you said, a situation like in overtime where they get a couple, uh, even though they don't score, it's just running time off the clock. Um, it, it became a big factor uh, down the stretch, and I, I think that's something Kentucky learns from, and, 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 and at least that's the hope that you've got to match the physicality of a team like that. You have to find a body uh, whenever you go to shoot. Um, but at the end of the day, I think you largely have to tip your hat to AM. They, they don't shoot the ball that well on the year. They shot it well yesterday, hitting 12 threes. I mean, Kentucky hit 15, but um, you know, neither team shot free throws well. I feel like if Kentucky, who was 13 of 21, could have just made – uh, a couple more. They, they probably end up winning the game. Um, if they could have hit, they missed a lot of, of, of shots going to the basket that I think they normally make. Um, DJ Wagner got the ball on the rim a few times and it just fell off that it's a shot that normally goes in. Um, I thought Dillingham had that happen a few times too. There were, there were some shots that throughout the year they have mostly made um, that that wouldn't fall yesterday and I think um, that was important and uh, and as you mentioned having Aaron Bradshaw saddled with the foul trouble um, he only took one shot and he is a defensive presence on Yenso did a good job sort of making up for that um, he played very well uh, as a rim protector yesterday but um, yeah, maybe if Bradshaw stays out of foul trouble would be interesting to see if he could have been the guy to sort of stem the tide of the, the A&M offensive rebounds, a big presence in the middle. That's where maybe he could have made a huge difference, but uh, we didn't get a chance to see that play out because of the foul trouble. But overall, no reason for panic, but a, a, a really big win that A&M needed, as you said, a, a bit of a desperate team um, for Texas A&M, Zach, going in there and um, – feeling like they needed to get a win like this and and trying to keep their NCAA tournament chances afloat mm-hmm. yeah. and uh, and they got a big one and and now Kentucky Mississippi State coming in on Wednesday um, you know Georgia this weekend next weekend I guess on Saturday uh, a chance to maybe right the ship a little bit and um, and and uh, and bounce back from and then it's the first time we'll have a chance to see them bounce back from a conference loss yeah um, and and see how that goes they've they've bounced back well from other losses uh, this year we'll see if they're able to do it uh, now that they're in SEC play yeah, no, I, I think when you see everything going from what Rob Dillingham can give you at the end of the game, obviously the nine the nine points uh, regulation, obviously the team going cold in overtime, uh, that was a problematic there. But Reed Shepard giving you 13, Antonio Reeves, you know what he's going to do. He has got such a smooth shot. DJ Wagner seems to be finding his flow. I heard a couple callers, um, or I'm sorry, joiners on the Twitter space last night um, and, and you know bringing it up in some of the tweets is kind of having taken issue with DJ Wagner, but it seems 
teams, like in some games, his attacking and willingness to get to the rim has been there. And even Justin Edwards, I mean, even though I know he struggled a little bit, um, you know, he, he hit some three, he hit two for two on threes. And, and it seems like maybe, dare I say, he's trying to get it. Uh, the, you know, things are starting to click for him. So I, I think there's some opportunities there. And yes, I know it sounds like I'm broadcasting from Jerry Eves' bathroom. People are having some <laughs> on the text line. I'm working on that. But, That's a good um, text. It is a good text. Also, the goodwill text. I appreciate you. I don't want to share that because I want others to find that. But uh, kudos to you. Good find by you, uh, young sir, in that. I'm going to try to take the mic out and just talk into my phone because I think that's the Nick Kern move, yeah. which you do, and see how that sounds versus actually having a legit mic and making it sound like I'm in the bathroom. But, uh, no, it's, it's um, you know, with Kentucky, it, their style of play, they're moving the ball up the court. Reed Shepard just shot, you know, they, they called him out. I think Jay Billis made a comment about that ill three that he had on that but like I, I'm kind of of the other belief. It's like, I like him taking that. Like, in, in tra- maybe he shot it a little too quick, but the, like him and Dillingham have that kind of swag where, I hate to say it's swag, but kind of the, the stones to say, like, I'm taking the shot. I'm okay with that. Because I heard a couple callers, maybe not on this last one, but the previous postgame show, it's like some of the freshmen are playing scared. I'm like, where? Where do you see these individuals playing scared at all? They, yeah, they I don't see, see that at all. <laughs> I don't see that at all. So I, I'll live with that miss. And, you know, even Dillingham had one that went straight down and um, popped out. But, uh, you know, and look at the end of the game, A&M almost hit that heave too, which yeah. uh, the end of the <laughs> yeah. bat, the rib, I was just like, oh boy, this is uh, could a big blue nation would have uh, erupted had that happened. I like Dillingham saying after the game, you know what, that shot's going in in March. That's a guy that tells me, you know what, he's going to take every big shot. If it's down the stretch, he's not scared of the moment. He's going to be willing to step up, and that's what you want to see. You want to see a guy that, you know, what, was it the other day? I think it was he was called the best ISO player in college basketball by Dennis Gates. I mean, that's the confidence that you have in that guy. Now, my thing about DJ Wagner is I like that he's attacking. I'd like to see him finish a little better around the rim because he's notorious for missing some layups. A couple of them came up short. Uh, that's something that's got to improve. But we got when are we going to see the full unleashing of Justin Edwards? He was the top-ranked prospect in this class, or one of them, and we just haven't truly seen that unleashing. He only had nine points yesterday, played 22 minutes. I know you got to spread out the minutes and everything, but you know Dillingham has had a game. Reed Shepard's had a big game. Antonio Reeves has had a big game. We haven't really had the Justin Edwards game. Is that coming, or is Justin Edwards just going to be content to be the third, fourth option on this team? That's that. I think that's a mystery. That's a question to pay attention to going forward. Yeah, I, I think you'll see him have one. Um, early on, it looked like yesterday might be that. He hit a shot early, and it was like, okay, um, here, here he goes, but didn't quite play out that way. And, um, you know, I think the other part of it is he's got to find minutes yeah. and find a reason to be on the floor because um, obviously you can see why John Calipari is going to play Reed Shepard. You can see why he's going to play Rob Dillingham. We know what Antonio Reeves can do, and he's been so big and was again yesterday hitting five threes and scoring 22. Mm-hmm. Uh, DJ Wagner is going to be on the floor because of what he can do off the dribble. Um, so... A lot of that from Reeves came in the first half, by the way. Really wasn't a big factor no, in the second right. half or overtime. I think he hit like a three in the second half. Yeah. Uh, but, I, I, you know, th- all that um, is to say that there's a lot of guards on this team that have played really well. And uh, Edwards maybe having a little bit of trouble finding as many minutes um, as he would like because 
of what the other guys have done. And so we'll we'll see. I, I think there will come a time where he will be an absolute key player uh, in a game and, and probably win them a game. And unfortunately for Kentucky, was not yesterday as they came up a little bit short. But um, I, I you can see it there um, and, and what he has the ability to do. So maybe that will be the thing. And maybe he can become the defensive stopper on this team because that is the overarching theme. We've talked a lot about it here. Um, they, they, they just haven't been great on the defensive end. Um, they're, they're not a very good defensive team, at least not yet. And, and maybe that will come. But they have trouble stopping uh, guys that, that can drive the ball. Um, they're, they're not great at it. And, and for the most part, it's been okay because they can score. And uh, they, they can score with basically anybody. Uh, but but uh, the, the the defensive issues, in addition to the offensive rebounding for Texas A&M, uh, was enough to sink Kentucky yesterday. But that, that's the one aspect on the defensive end. Um, they, they just haven't been great on that end of the floor, and we'll see if that continues to improve. It's a young team, and I think we've seen John Calipari teams in the past maybe get off to a slow start on the defensive end and, and, and kind of bring it around by the end of the season. Um, We'll see. We'll see if that's something that can continue to improve. Obviously, I think Aaron Bradshaw can be a big part of that, protecting the rim, but he wasn't on the floor uh, much yesterday because of the foul trouble. Uh, Trey Mitchell, I think, is a big part of that and what he's able to do, uh, communicating and everything on the defensive end. Uh, the perimeter defense, I guess, is really uh, where the question marks are for me, and we'll see if they can uh, kind of figure out a way to to be better and um, – and, and that, if they can, it's scary where this team could go because um, it's it's really the only piece of the puzzle that they don't have. Look, I, I'm negotiating with a terrorist this morning, and I'm sorry about that with uh, that, that toddler. It's like, hey, I'll give you this. I'll give you that. She's running around. So apologies for the background noise. Hopefully this sounds a little bit better. Took the mic out. Oh, it sounds great. Doesn't. Yeah, it's, it's okay. good now. Okay, look, I have a fancy $100 microphone, and it, uh, who, who knew it just took a beautiful little iPhone uh, that, to have that. But anyways, uh, you know, I, I, yeah, I'm with you. I don't think there's anything big picture, um, you know, too concerning about this. Other than with Kentucky, you thought, um, you know, you just to, the expectation is to be in the top two to three of the SEC. I think everyone's in agreement with that. But uh, the pieces are there, not too much to worry about. And I, I think with the big still concern me a little bit, especially, but Trey Mitchell, like that. That's not the norm with him. He just kind of he had a lid on the rim last night and yeah. had some issues getting it right there. But uh, no, I, I think uh, all in all, it was, um, you know, very positive uh, the season thus far for the Kentucky Wildcats minus the UNC Wilmington. But that seems to be kind of the outlier, as Zach, you see, pointed out multiple times on that front. But apologies. Yes, to the text that I'm seeing. It sounds like I'm talking into folders can hopefully working on. I have this all nice little setup and I, I, I can't get it to sound like some of these other shows. I don't know why. Maybe I need to get the sound engineer over here, Nick Kerr, to help out with it you might need a sound engineer um but but it sounds a lot better now so that's that's good yeah um we haven't gotten into bolt yet so i can't wait till we watch uh that movie if i was doing this from home you'd probably hear a lot of let it go in the background we're big frozen <laughs> oh, no. it's it's frozen that's family. that's been oh no that's on do you have a now we're gonna get real daddy yeah, right now uh did you do you have the tony for young eliza do you no. know what this is? No. It's like a little box, and it's like only exclusively sold at, like, I think, Target or Amazon. And there's these little action figures you put on there, but it's essentially it, it's oh. the stories. It's a, So that's also playing on top of Bolt. So you have Eliza – or Eliza. You have um, – 
Elsa yeah. uh, singing on the background, too, but at the little action figure. That's what we're dealing with this morning. Um, so apologies. The Baker Bunker's a uh, little daddy daycare right now, too. So that's what we do uh, in this world uh, that we do to play sports talk radio with you guys. And this is why uh, I heard Zachy C's beautiful rant on uh, why he doesn't want kids so he can focus on his career and not have to do <laughs> stuff like this earlier this week with Louie. That's right. I, well, I stand by it. I, it's well, actually uh, being proven more to my point now. <laughs> but the, the beauty of it is, is that take Kern and I out of it. We're, we're struggling with what, uh, you know, it's like a what all the way for me. But uh, Louie and um, Striebel, the ones you probably do the shows with the most, they have got four. four kids. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And you do it. And, and, and they do the show five days a week plus additional podcasts. Yeah, so right. it can be done, just priorities. But uh, we're not going to You do what you want to do, big dogs. You, I was going to say, right we already now, went but. through the intro of how, you know, I met a girl that didn't know Magic Johnson at HIV, which I still that still blows my mind. <laughs> But so you were done with her from that very moment. Like I can't talk to you anymore. Uh, well, I, not that I was ever interested to begin with, but okay, it was just, no, just for just for the oh, for the Zachy C for the Zachy C Chronicles. I think that's what uh, he was alluding to. That's but uh, by the way, did you see what it looked like in Buffalo? Oh yeah, you see yeah. what it looks like this morning. I haven't seen an update since last. Still not week. great. Like? They probably could. Yeah, it would have been a mess to try to play today. Now I don't know if the weather is going to be any better tomorrow because it's Buffalo. But I don't think it's really the snow that was the issue per se. It was more the sixty to sixty-five mile per hour winds um, that they were worried about with Pittsburgh trying to travel there and land a plane in that, um, and then you know. There's a lot of potential hazards when you're talking about that kind of wind with uh, a driving snowstorm. Uh, probably the prudent decision. I don't think it was just the snow. Like, people were making fun of it. I think Permani Brothers called Buffalo Soft uh, in a sense-deleted tweet. But I don't think it was just the snow. It's like... It's the getting people in and out thing. Yeah, it's not the, the players themselves. They're worried about the fans. The 60-mile-per-hour winds along with the snow that create some very hazardous conditions for people um, to get to the game. So, Zach, you see, have you ever gone shirtless on at one of the – Oh, on I didn't know if he's ever gone shirtless at a, at a bowl game like – or not even a bowl game, at an NFL game. He strikes me as somebody that would – Phil, Phil know, him, a, and the, him and the fellas. Him and the he, fellas. Like, if, it were ever the, if it were ever that cold, would you go shirtless? No. Like some of the buffoons no. you saw on okay. Peacock there. No, like I, I'm – pride myself as macho tough guy but even macho tough guy has his limits i'm not wearing i'm not going sleeveless when it's 30 below in kansas city i i might put some vaseline on if i'm playing like in five degree weather or something like that but (laughs) no i'm not (laughs) but no i'm not going shirtless like that 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 guy's insane i want to i want to know if he's in the hospital like i'm gonna go ryan day i want to know where he's at right now i mean i guess Kudos to people that can do that. I don't think Maybe? it's kudos necessarily. No. I think that guy had a few uh, few beverages. Yeah, it keeps you warm. I hope he did anyway. Yeah, hopefully. Did you all see the smart water that they got out of the cooler? That did you see that circulating? So they no. got a smart water out of the fridge at Arrowhead, and in doing so, they had it like where they took it out, and it began to freeze as soon as they took it out. Well, yeah, I mean. That was crazy. Negative temperatures, just mad. I can't believe people at I that can't. game were insane. Like, oh, that, it's sold about sold out. Yeah, I know, insane people. How? Because it's a playoff game. It, what are you gonna do? 
It's the charm of the NFL. I, I love snow games, but I think we're heading dangerously close to outside of maybe Lambeau and a couple other like iconic places that you're just going to go complete domes in the Listen, NFL. You can't. You're never going dome in Kansas City. Not in Buffalo. You're not doing it at Lambeau, as you said. You're not oh, going I, I to Buffalo. I bet Buffalo. No. I bet Buffalo will consider their renderings. Currently, do not have it. I will grant you that, but I guarantee. You after, do you see how it's an advantage it made they, after the? They can't. <laughs> they can't put a dome on the the stadium in Buffalo. It's it's their potential advantage. Yes. Now the team they have now seems to maybe perform better uh, in warm weather, which is how they're built. So maybe they will. But think but, about uh, this: the Minnesota Vikings had one of the great home field advantages in the '60s and '70s because they played in the no, and they played when it was 20. Then they moved Ever since inside. they've been inside, they've never been back to another Super Bowl. There might be something to that. Yeah, look, I, I love Stogan. I just I, I, look. I hope you guys are right. I hope I am wrong. Uh, but you but know, the Steelers are never going to build a dome. No like, way. They're no. just Cleveland. they're going to play outside. Yeah, they're just they're, they're just going to have the crappy Heinz Field uh, turf that everyone can complain Amera about. Amerisure no, or whatever it's called. They'll now. never Acresure. It's not Cleveland will never the artist be formerly dome. known as. Yeah. It's Heinz. I, I, look, I, I hope I'm I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I just I, I know I've seen John Bull essentially say it's the wussification of America by not playing this game. But I was like, whoa, wow. Well, they uh, are going to okay. play it. They're going to no, play it. Yeah, well, I, I just, I, I don't think it's necessarily the wussification in, in this instance. I do think. Did like, you see that they couldn't keep the tarp down? It's not just the snow. It's the, yeah. it's the wind that would have created it, created conditions where it would have been impossible to to see, see while you're driving. Uh, I think that's why they went ahead and postponed the game and. And and maybe impossible to see uh, and land a plane in yeah. in that sort of wind with the snow. So do you see they were having yeah. people? They were asking them to volunteer on Saturday night. They were going to pay them twenty bucks an hour to come out and shovel the stadium so that they could play the next day. That's before they yeah, decided yeah. not to play. No, I love it. I love it. it, it I love that it, it's stuff. It's brilliant. It, if it had just it, been the snow, then yes, I would go along with the wussification of America. But but the, I mean, let's play in snow. I love snow football. Who yeah. doesn't? I do too, yeah, but no, I, 60 I, I, mile an hour it, winds with, yeah, that's with a, a blizzard much. bad. Yeah. Not good. But that's why you can play in Kansas City when it's 30 below because there was no snow or any other form of weather other than it was just freezing cold. That's and right. RG3 had a freezing cold take when he was like, they should postpone that game too. Like, no, okay. this is football. With yeah, RG3 playing the is elements. making a name for himself. Uh, maybe not in a good sweets. way. He certainly yeah. is. Uh, 437 UPS Jobs Tech Slide. Uh, if you want to be a part of the show, I'm in the Baker Bunker Nursery, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Zach EC, BBZ is back in the Liquor Barn Studios. Nick Kern back there. Reminder, we got you covered. Wall-to-wall coverage today. Uh, there will not be a Steelers uh, in Bill's game, as we are alluding to via Westwood One. That will be moved to tomorrow, so we'll probably join that in progress, if I had to imagine, doing some programming on the air after uh, Strebel. Uh, goes off the air tomorrow on ESPN 681057. Packers, Cowboys, we'll have you covered for Westwood One's coverage. And Nick Kern's got you covered uh, coming up at 1.30 pregame. And reminder, you need to stop by the new Bernos spot. I just got a text from our buddy George Timmering saying the new Bernos on market is open today before and after the game. Still no liquor license yet, fear not, but hopefully this week. I've been down there a couple times. It's a nice, cozy spot. They're getting some of the memorabilia up. They got the TVs up and everything. It's right next to the convention center, just a block from the KFC Yum Center. So just a stone's 
throw over there. So be sure to go down to the Baronos. Your pre and post game spot. That's right. If you actually it's, it's go outside nice... today, how about that? You yes, will. You're going you're to go outside to get to and from the KFC Yum Center and maybe yep. stop it at Baronos. Cards at Wake Forest today. Uh, Wake Forest has had a rough year, but uh, Cards salute to service game today, which will be cool at the Yum Center and. Um, a little bit of a celebration of the 1,000th program win that they achieved against Duke last week. Cards coming off a, a dominant win against Pittsburgh on Thursday night uh, at Pitt, 74-44, and now um, trying to get to 4-0 in the ACC today. And um, after this game, they're on the road for two in a row next week at Clemson and at North Carolina Thursday and Sunday next week. So the last chance to see the Cards at home for a little bit uh, before they're home for three straight. So taking on Wake Forest should be a fun one. Phil, the child in the background is the perfect Sunday morning hangover sound. No, I agree. Look, I may as well. We, we may as well be daycare at this point. I mean, that's what we're doing now. Nick's not doing it. We tried to do a recording a while back. And then I think young Eliza, it's look, this is this is the beauty of the beast. This is what we got to do. Uh, let's see. Vegas is getting hammered on the under. So they moved it. Uh, that coming down on the text oh. line. Uh, I'm not saying panic, but UK has given up a lot of points in several games. They improved the defense before the tournament, but the uh, t- that could be a concern moving forward. Yeah, no uh, doubt. That coming down there. Yes, I'm, no, I'm not in Jerry Eves' bathroom, uh, although it does sound like I'm just talking into a Folgers can, so apologies. Jerry uh, Eves' bathroom. It, it's an ongoing joke that he does a show in there. Uh, you know, Uncle... No, you, I, know. Yeah, I know. That's, that's, well, that's the, the smut of the text line. Uh, yeah, and then a couple texters sending me stuff. Personal uh, asking about a UK post game show. Yes, it was on Twitter Spaces and X Spaces, whatever you're calling it. We uploaded the podcast. So shout out to N Scandolfo and Zachy e. C for doing that. Uh, we'll better promote that next time on our. Yeah, it ran no ran way. long. The Knights were in action at Central Arkansas yesterday. Tough loss for Bellerman right there. Uh, Two point loss to uh, to Central Arkansas. Uh, uh, did we, you see we do the have a call. Oh, okay, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I'm not in the studio. I can't see this. Let's go to Joe up first here on ESPN 680 and 105.7. What's up, Joe? Uh, thank you. Uh, I take it that was not a good loss for Bellman yesterday since East Kentucky pretty much handled the Central Arkansas, or was it? how did Coach uh, come out of the game? Was he satisfied, or was he pretty uh, – Matter who was Davenport. I don't know. I didn't get a chance to hear uh, any post game stuff, but but I think um, the Knights continue to be very dinged up. They've only got like eight available players, yeah. And so um, it's a tough road right now, and um, you know, right in it, but couldn't quite get it done. Yeah, I, I was I was I, I was watching some of it before uh, Kentucky came on, and I was hoping that the Knights could get a big victory, but. Make a long story short, did I miss Taylor Swift last night because I don't get Peacock? Did I miss her? No. Mm. Do I like her? I I, I can do with her. I can do without her, but mm. uh, I, I'm not going to pay extra money for Peacock. No. Uh, that's I'm an old timer, and uh, I, I got a radio. Uh, do I do I? I would rather see it uh, on the screen, but radio works fine with me if they can save me about. Uh, whatever that peacock would have cost me last night. So I have no no regrets on that. And as far as Kentucky, it was just obvious. We, we got manhandled down low. I mean, I don't understand why we got kids that can't fight a little bit harder. But I guess maybe the, uh, the, the strength coach at uh, at Texas A&M is a lot better than our strength coach. That's about the only thing I can say. I, but I don't know how you fight – how you can't fight back a little bit harder, but – Give it, give it to A&M. They got the big victory. They were desperate, and and, uh, and we didn't really play like we were desperate in overtime. I guess we just thought it was going to come easy for whatever reason. 
that's pretty much it. Y'all have a great day. And Louisville women, they're on quite a row. Uh, do they miss Haley Van Lift? Well, uh, Haley's is good for that big shot. If, if the Cardinals can develop, uh, a couple other girls can take Haley's spot when that big shot needs to be made, and the Cardinals got something really going this year. Thanks a lot. Goodbye. Thanks, Thanks Joe. Joe. Appreciate it. You didn't miss yeah, Taylor no. Swift last night on Peacock? By the way, like I guess I get we have to say that that relationship is actually a thing now. If, if it's going to be like – you know, she's showing up when it's negative five and thirty below. That's really, I <laughs> think. Not, so. I mean, did you see that the new speak, album? I mean, did she, you see the she picture? Was, she was in a suite, yeah, right? But, yeah, but I did mean, you see? It's how not like she was sitting outside. And, oh, I mean, yeah, but like, it's not like she's sitting out. No, in the negative five degree temperatures. Like by that measuring stick, the the average Kansas City Chiefs fan are in a more committed relationship. With Travis well, Kelsey they probably are Swift. because they've been lifelong fans. Maybe so. Did but you, you know how much it cost you, by the way, if you were going to watch the Peacock game yesterday? Five ninety nine, and then you can cancel it. If you went and bought a latte, I think you mine, can afford. I think mine. I think mine's six ninety nine. I think I get charged six ninety nine. Oh boy, this, an this extra is, dollar. Zachy C. Zachy C. I'm John McClain in Nakatomi Plaza right now, telling you, welcome to the party, pal. I mean, this is me. I, this is the battle that I've been having. Yeah, but with it's Nick not just that. It's the, the show. It's the six ninety nine with the additional whatever you're paying for. Uh, maybe cable, maybe a cable service, maybe a YouTube. TV. Maybe, maybe six other streaming Just services. Oh, it all adds look, up after look, a while. I, I will That's say this. the I will issue say this. here. I, I'm I'm playing with fire right now with this. Dizzy to Nick's point, and look, I, I I've cut the cord for a while. We, I've been uh, about this, but Nick is right as going to get to back to the point where it's just the same thing as cable. But now the the Hulu Disney um, ESPN Plus bundle, they jacked it up like ten dollars of course they have and, I, and i've like tried to bike man it's like i'm gonna do it with the ads for you know ten dollars less until you deal with a toddler who is you're negotiating with a uh, a terrorist quite frankly yeah. and, and and it's like oh that 90 seconds is an eternity here yeah, this, this is doing let it go this so is actually like, these buffoons know what they're doing this is this is a problem with today's youth too um, oh they don't know the struggle they do yeah not know the i've struggle. noticed this with eliza as well like you have a like we're watching miss rachel on youtube and we hit a couple of ads which i can skip most of the time after five seconds and it's it can it's ugly sometimes and uh yeah like wait till you find out like regular tv and commercials like i i don't know it's it's not great it's a bad it's yeah. a bad president to set i've got to be a All better right. parent is what it comes down to get a what then locks a get, get a, a better, better dog. dog get a better get dog. a better dad <laughs> <laughs> get a, i'm kidding uh four three seven nine six eight he's nick kern i'm phil baker from the baker bunker zach you see appreciate them braving uh the weather being flexible with me today as i'm playing uh daycare today uh did you see the swag surf song from taylor swift uh, did you see her in the suite and you know who was right above her in the suite well i'm trying to think of a better way to say it like not laying on top of her because that would be weird uh but in the suite above her was mike Tariko. Oh, oh, so, so yeah, they took Tariko yeah. to the fourth quarter to figure it out. Oh, he was like, "Oh, we're right above Taylor Swift." Yeah, oh, that's, yeah, that's yeah. exciting. That's, that's that's the good stuff there. So. You know, that's going to be uh, a meme, right? The Taylor Swift. Oh, one hundred percent. The suite with the all fogged up. Like, I wonder how much of the games she actually saw. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure, sure they, they have TVs in there. Yeah, they have TVs. Uh, Did you see the little dance? Degrees. The little dance like Donna Kelsey and the rest of them. It was almost like you know, they were doing like a flash mob in the middle of the fourth quarter. I mean, it's uh, wild stuff. 
wild wild stuff. Uh, that's the good stuff uh but do we want to play this cal sound before sure. we switch it up and talk to a uh, little louisville uh nc state and just kind of the week that was but i know john calipari met with uh, members of the media at texas a&m kind of talking about some of the things that went right went wrong uh some of the coaching that he uh issues that he had here's what john calipari had to say post game down at texas a&m following the loss in overtime to the aggies congrats to uh Texas A&M, that was a hard fuck game. Um, you know, how we got back into it, and then how we get up five and just, you know, uh, I think our young inexperience showed through. I did a, a bad job down the stretch even. You know, we, we have stuff what we run, and I got away from it because they were switching, and I should have just done what, what we do. And the other thing is, you know, we had Justin trapping on that out of bounds when Taylor took it out. Shouldn't trap, just stay. Don't let Taylor get it back. So that's on me. Um, but um, you know, just freshman shots. Like I'm just shooting this. What? We took about four of those. Um, but we fought. We fought, and that's uh, you know what this team has been you could see they have a a will to win they're not going to give up even though the other team's playing well no i i think that's dead on john calipari after the game yesterday they they did they did have some freshman moments which really hasn't been very prevalent for this team full of freshmen and so they stand out when they happen they they, they had it a little bit against florida but they were able to fight through and find a way to win uh, in gainesville Yesterday, they just couldn't overcome um, some of the bad shots they took, especially in overtime. I, I thought, not that the wheels came off, but, but just the decision-making in overtime was was not good. Yeah, they and, didn't get a basket from the, the floor in overtime, so yeah. that's a problem. Their only three points came on uh, free throws. I, I did think the shot selection was a little bit iffy, but I'm with you. I'm with Cal. I think this is the first time this year that I can legitimately look at the game and say they looked like freshmen. That's and right. That being said, as we got, have discussed, they still very easily could have won this game. They still only lost by five in overtime. Just a couple breaks here or there, and we're not even having too many of these conversations. So, you know, if, if you have to live with some freshman moments in order to grow, I think Cal's going to do that. I do think shot selection's got to be something that they've talked about. I want to know which shots he's specifically referring to. I wonder if the Shepherd shot was one that I know Phil liked the shot in transition. I wonder if Cal liked that shot. I wonder well, that, was no, reg- that was in regulation, <laughs> no. right? Yeah, that was in regulation. That was in regulation. You're right. I, yeah. I wonder if he liked I mean, he likes the Dillingham shots that go in. I don't know if he likes all the shots that well, don't go in. I think one thing oh, that... his body language on the sideline was apparent. He was yeah, not a fan of some of the shots that he took. One thing that John Calipari's been really good at in his time at Kentucky is understanding how to take the good with the bad um, when he's got these freshman laden teams. I think that's one of been one of his biggest strengths is like, okay, they're going to make some decisions that aren't maybe the same decision that a, a fourth year player is going to make, but but we're gonna live with that because of their playmaking ability. And and this team's been far beyond that yeah. they're they're so far advanced from where most of these freshman laden teams are with that like twenty two assists and eleven turnovers. I mean, you don't see that from a team in that environment that's dominated by freshmen very much. Um, so still really impressive to me. But yes, there were some bad 
bad shot selection down the stretch, which which I think you can attribute to the young team. But I, I think one thing Cal's been really good at is being able to sort of marry the two yeah. over the course of his time at UK. I'm he a, doesn't get enough credit for I'm that. I'm interested to see how the polls react because I don't know if there's going to be a whole lot of movement because everybody lost. 14 top 25 teams lost Yeah, and in the top 10, I think eight or nine of them lost. So my guess is that Kentucky, they were at number six. If they fall, it's probably only going to be to like seven or eight just because you can't put too many teams ahead of them but just because all of them about lost. Purdue went on the road to Nebraska and lost by 16. Kansas lost to UCF. Tennessee lost to Mississippi State. Houston lost twice. Houston lost twice. They lost again last night? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So they're going to drop behind Kentucky. So my guess is that Kentucky probably, their poll where they're at is probably not going to be a whole lot different. But I'm interested to see what the metrics think because the metrics have been a little bit behind on Kentucky you know they had Texas A&M winning 67% of the time on the ESPN FPI they had you know Kentucky as an underdog multiple times they're not necessarily loved by the metrics they're not loved by the seeds right now that Wilmington loss probably has something to do with that but I think they're a little bit behind what the public sees as far as how good Kentucky actually is we'll see if the metrics actually catch up They'll get the brand bump as, uh, you know, just with the national following that they have. And and I, there's one thing Zachy C. knows about. It's Kentucky and it's polls. And, yeah, well, that's right. I know nothing about that, actually. And I, I, I think <laughs> no, I think uh, I think that as they get deeper into SEC play, the metrics will catch up, too, because the strength of schedule will go I up. I think so. Yeah, the uh, SEC is very bit. strong this year from top to bottom. That's right. Four three seven nine six eight. UPS jobs text on seventh highest rated sports talk show on Sundays during a highly competitive ten to noon uh, time slot. Hopefully everyone is staying warm out there. Appreciate you making us a part of your day. I can't believe you didn't see Mahomes' helmet break. That was crazy. I did. That I didn't like watch a, the game. And then they didn't well, even I mean, make him take a Twitter. timeout. Yeah, they didn't even make him take a timeout, and he had to go over and get a helmet, a new helmet. Yeah, that I was, was crazy. I was probably. Uh... It looked like one of those chip bowls. No, it might have been uh, asleep. That you see at a Super Bowl party. Yeah, I might have right. been. I might have been completely sleeping by the time that was making the rounds on Twitter. I, I, I watched uh, Caitlin Clark and Iowa pull away from Indiana, and then basically went to bed. Read a little bit of my book, and then went to bed. That a boy, my 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 little ninety year old Nick Kern. Uh, how do we want to <laughs> evaluate or talk about the uh, Louisville NC State? Well, we'll, game? we'll get to that. One other Peacock yeah. note, by the way. Oh, please, yeah, uh, we're know. ten minutes ago at the top of the hour. We can wait till the top. Yeah, of the we'll hour. we'll get to Louisville at NC State coming up here in the second hour. Uh, Joe Pompliano, I don't know, he's a sports business guy. Yeah, tweeted. Yes, uh, Peacock said the NFL paid the NFL $110 million for the exclusive rights to last night's playoff game. As a result, they hit number one overall on the App Store, and their search volume on Google is currently two times higher than at any other point in history. The power of the NFL is unmatched. Yeah, no, look, I mean, I, I think this is going to be an interesting case study. The hope is, and I think you saw it when it was an open, um, you know, billboard for Oppenheimer that's coming on the Peacock, how they landed that is beyond me. But, uh, you know, I, I think when you see more of those things, it's like me with the Olympics. I, I downloaded Peacock for the Olympics and I hadn't canceled. They're banking on buffoons like me to, to <laughs> and, and Swifties, yeah. quite frankly, uh, to keep on to that and not cancel it. Um, and which they've, is got, pretty, they've uh, also got the WWE as well, which is probably a big yeah that's big oh, subscription boy. base a lot of people 
subscribe to a lot the- of Cheetos oh, and yeah. jean shorts and uh, armbands <laughs> watching that, right? And Surge. They've got Oppenheimer. They're going to have Oppenheimer yeah. on there? Oh, yeah, they showed that right? multiple times during Oh, yeah. That was their Nick, big Nick, you would know because you didn't see it. Great yeah. movie. No, I haven't way. seen it yet. I, I want to. This is great. I already have Peacock, so I'll be able to watch Oppenheimer. It's actually more convenient for me to watch it on Peacock than it will be to watch it on Netflix because we use our in-laws login and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, they're they're like geofencing that. But let's let, let's let's take a couple steps back, Zach. You see, please yes. indulge me. Yes, Nikki Nick Nick Kern's moral compass lies. He won't watch a live sporting event. Correct. No, right. he's okay NFL. of watching. NFL, sorry. No, no, I'm not going to watch a lot. I'm not going to watch. He won't watch the Sunday. He's consistent. He won't watch the Sunday uh, baseball game that comes on after us during the summer. I'm not watching that. I'm not watching the. um, I'm not watching a live sporting event on there. You don't watch college basketball. No, well, I do watch college basketball, not on Peacock. No, I, but I'll watch Oppenheimer. So your moral compass, but your moral compass lies that you'll watch Oppenheimer on there, but yeah. you're not going to watch a live sporting event on there. I'm going to have to so pay to watch Oppenheimer giving... regardless. I have to pay to watch Oppenheimer no matter how I watch it. I'm going to have to pay. Well, people have paid so to watch think... sporting events forever. There's this thing called YouTube TV or anything that isn't straight cable. You're, or... Yeah, yeah, but I'm going to have to pay in addition to cable to watch Oppenheimer because I don't have like HBO or stuff like that. So, Well, you're showing the execs at Peacock and NBC Universal, <laughs> Nick Hearn. You're, you, you're telling them. You're showing them all right. No, By the listen, way, so listen, I get... listen. <laughs> I, and the other part that bug, that bugs me is that the commercials are still the same as if we were watching it on regular NBC. Yeah, are they like are, are, are like local? Or, I, no, no, no. I don't know if the actual wo- like on Wave because I've noticed that. I don't know. Just, if, like I, I haven't seen local I don't know stuff if on people. What the commercials are advertising are the same, but it's like the same amount, and it shouldn't be. Like, we're already paying to watch the game. Why should we have to sit through all... Like, that's the point of the ads. So what are you saying? They don't have any ads during the I'm game? I'm not saying they shouldn't have any ads, but I'm saying they should have less because that's the whole point well, of commercials. Well, Amazon Prime... Amazon Prime's offering a feature now where in addition to your Prime membership, you can do the two ninety nine for the uh, no ads. All right. Yeah, but... So that's what, that's that, what you're that, getting towards. Does that go in, in to NFL to, games? Because they still have the same... Like if we're going to be streaming all this and you have to pay for it, you shouldn't have the same length of commercial breaks. Our friends over at Kern's Corner, uh, they uh, were tweeting about it as well, that they had Peacock. And I look, I had a bunch of friends that didn't cave in and they went out to bars and wanted... It's good for bars that, you know, pay the five I'm assuming, and they're able or six ninety nine according to it's, Kern. It's and, and probably then, yeah, a little more expensive. You're paying There's more probably- money to go to the bar and have two beers, even, and that's not even counting food or anything like that, than yeah, you are you, just to fork over the six bucks just to watch the game. But you might go to the bar to watch the game anyway, so you're not losing anything. People go to Not bars the, to watch games that are on regular TV. Yeah, but, but in this weather, when it's 10 degrees and you have the option to stay at home, why, don't, why wouldn't you do it? Just saying. Because you want camaraderie with friends. And it wasn't as cold last night. It's gotten colder. It's way colder now than there it was are, 12 hours There ago. are different levels of Peacock. You can pay for no commercials. Well, I know you can, but come on. Like, it's just, it's all a racket. I'm just fascinated to see how it all ends up playing out. Oh no! There's going to be some big streaming conglomerate where it's just is. called a new a new thing that is called cable. So we can definitely uh, talk about that. We'll t- we'll spend time talking about global NC State and the win over um, you know Miami earlier this week. What the, does that mean? Takeaways. We talked about the different silos last week of you know not just going zero to coaching say, uh, change, but I'm curious. It seems like the temperature has. I don't want to say he's 
come down a little bit, but then I also hear Ethan and Taylor and Zach, you see on LSL talk about the standard is the standard. So I'm, I'm fascinated to, um, just to break down the two games from the week that was uh, what you all saw. What does that mean? Big picture just moving forward in the final uh, couple months of the season and just kind of the picture that's painted for KP and this coaching staff and, and how you analyze what you are seeing. Because look, we've gone zero to like, I don't want to talk about coaching to change and then it gets shoehorned in there. But you know, Eric Crawford's piece earlier this week, WDRB, I believe Nikki V, uh, and maybe Zach was in the day this week's been a blur, had him on yeah, to we talk did. about that. That's right. And, and it was a great just breakdown of just things that they wanted to see. And I, I swear to you, Nick and Zach, it's, it's almost as if they read the article. Oh, they definitely <laughs> because did. The, the body language, Kenny Payne. Did you see Kenny Payne squatting down in Brandon Huntley Hatfield's face yeah. yesterday? That was wonderful. Uh, Save that for the mix. Little, yes, yes, yes. It, it was like uh, Mickey and Rocky. But, uh, you know, one of the things that people wanted to see and clamoring for is more energy. Well, I would like it's still going to come down to wins and losses. Do not get it twisted. But I, I think when you see glimpses of things like that, you have to give flowers where, you know, where, where it's due, but also acknowledge that, hey, the wins need to come. And just so I'm curious how you all viewed the last two games. I know we're inching closer to the top of the hour, so we can talk more in depth about that coming up in hour number two. Yeah, I think uh, a lot to get into there uh, with what happened this week. And, yes, Eric Crawford's article, and I think you're exactly right, I think, coming out of that. It's it's like exactly what uh, what Eric had written about in um, the last – well, more case in point uh, yesterday than, than Wednesday because they won on Wednesday. Uh, yesterday was more uh, case in point from that article because they, they came up a little short, which it, we can get into. It's like they read that article bit by bit, and they did exactly what Eric Crawford was telling them to do as far as you know playing with a little more energy. That's If they would have just played with that amount of energy all season, they would not be a 6-10 and 10 People team. would work with you. Yeah, People would work with you, and, man. And like, they would have won. I, they would have beaten yeah. some of these crummy yeah, teams they that they lost to. They definitely would have beaten Arkansas State. State. Yes, um, they would have beaten DePaul. Yeah, yeah. They, we'll, they would we'll be dive more into that. Be a different conversation altogether. Very well. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll dive more into that. Reminder coming up uh, after us. We got you covered wall-to-wall coverage if you're driving around today with play-by-play. Like I said, Nick Curran has you covered with play-by-play coming up uh, with versus Louisville Women's versus Wake Forest. 130 over on 93.9 DeVille and the ESPN Louisville app. If you're heading down to the KFC Yum Center, stop by the new Bernos, uh not by the bridge, on market, just about a mm. block away from the KFC Yum Center. They do not have their liquor license yet, but you can still get that great pizza um, down there, and it's a great setup. And I saw the Heisman Trail down there for Lamar Jackson. They got some Colonel swag. They got some uh, Louisville Cardinal swag down there. And they have heat. Georgian. And they have heat. It's yeah, 11 so degrees. It's, they have heat. It's uh, everybody. So we do not have Bills and Steelers. That'll probably be moved to. We'll join in progress, if I had to imagine, on 680 or 93.9 DeVille tomorrow um, after Strebel, if I had to imagine, uh, on the roundtable. And then today we got you covered for Cowboys and Packers, 415 on ESPN 680, 105.7. Then Lions and Rams, 8 o'clock, ESPN 680, 105.7 and 93.9 DeVille uh, via Westwood One. So if you... If you don't have Peacock and you want to go old school Nick Curran, if you head over to the Listen Live feature on ESPNLobal.com, <laughs> we'll have the feeds from the Westwood One feeds on there as well. Oh, we these games are on stuff. Fox. You don't need Peacock. Well, I know, but I, I know, I know. Television. But I, I was trying to do the thing where I was being a company man, and you boys, oh boy, you all just took a, a flamethrower to that. I know what you're trying I was, to do. I was being a, yes, Don't try I, to be so a company man nah, here, okay? No, no, Get Just watch <laughs> it on regular television like everyone else. There's Fox and NBC. Uh, you don't need Peacock. It will actually be on this. 
the peacock. The but NBC. I'm sure you'll be driving was, around for part of your afternoon, so you might want to. Precisely. Sure. So, yes. Or you can listen to ESPN 680, 105.7, sure uh, or Nick Curran and company on that. All right. Uh, we're inching closer to the top of the hour. More Louisville. Well, I guess we start we'll Louisville. Talk, we'll talk, talk Louisville, NC State, and, and the week that was uh, coming up. Hopefully a country song of the week in the second hour. And some what else is going on. There's some possible uh, interesting stories there as well. All that straight ahead. Sunday Morning Hangover here on ESPN 680 and 105.7. Welcome back to the Sunday Morning Hangover on your sports leader, ESPN 680 and 105.7. Now, here's Nick Curran and Phil Baker. Regulators. You regulate any stealing of his property. We're damn good, too. But you can't be any geek off the street. Gotta be handy with the steel if you know what I mean. Earn your keep. Regulators! Mount up. It was a clear black night, a clear white moon. Warren G was on the streets trying to consume some skirts for the E so I could get some phones. Rolling in my ride, chilling all alone. Just hit the east side of the LBC on a mission trying to find Hour number two of the Sunday morning hangover. ESPN 680 1057. Zach Cantrell, Zachy C here. I'm Nick Curran. Phil Baker from the uh, Baker Bunker. Baker daycare. daycare? What are we? What yeah. are we? Whatever. Yeah, working on that today. That's what we got to do today. I appreciate you guys being flexible, but by the uh, way, yeah. good duty calls. Good, good turnout. The laundry and tan connection, by the way. Even though uh, oh it's yeah, still cold out. And uh, what your guy Mark with the C Weinberg did not give us a favorable forecast today because it's not not favorable. favorable. He gave us not he, he gave us the uh, lock. The data is changing. Uh, the there data changed on the models right there. So it's uh, damned if you do, damned if you don't, and he wins either way. That's what makes him the goat. I like the passive aggressive tweets that. He was calling someone out, but not calling them out. That's what he uh, does. Just saying he wasn't. That's it's that's my guy right does. there. You know what? You know what's almost our annual event for uh, to get big time dumb on the Super Bowl predictions. Yes, that's when the weathermen yes. just turn into a Kelso from the '70s show. Well, damn guys, I can't control the weather. I just tell you what it is. <laughs> I can can always count on uh, Caitlin Fish, Matt Milosevic, and Jay Cardosi. Uh, Maybe Brian Good if I give up enough time this time. And Kevin Harden will get in touch with me. And I'm sorry if I'm leaving anyone out of the local media. Maybe Locke can help out with Spectrum News 1. Since they have weather on the ones every 10 minutes over there, they can give me uh, one of the multiple meteorologists they have Somebody can give you a Super Bowl pick. One would think. Somebody can. No, Milosevic and uh, Cardosi always come through for us. I know they do. Okay, why? We we, we played that great sound of uh, Jay Cardosi not knowing who I was, uh, even though he <laughs> sent it all the time. That's that's the good stuff right there. Right. So, uh, the yeah, but stuff. fun first hour. It was a fun first hour. We talked Kentucky <laughs> losing to Texas A&M mostly. A uh, little bit of NFL playoffs from last night as well, whether you watched or not. 267 is the phone number. 437 UPS jobs text line. Didn't even talk about my boy C.J. Stroud, who went out there and had like the greatest he performance ever by a rookie quarterback. Yeah, and The Texans, are- Joe Flacco, couldn't win in the playoffs. Bubble that burst. is a stunning development. Uh, yeah, the Texans march on Joe, over the Browns. Joe Flacco gave the Texans as many points as the Browns scored themselves. Pick sixes. Yep. Mm. Two of them. Not, of not them. great. Too many. CJ Stroud looks like he's been playing in the NFL for 10 years, doesn't he? Yeah, he's he's incredible. They, he's, they've, they've hit on... Uh, 
A, uh, You're on notice, Ryan Day. You couldn't even win a playoff oh my game with gosh. CJ Unbelievable. Stroud. Two six seven nine six eighty. The phone number four three seven nine six eighty. UPS Jobs text line. Cards and NC State. We'll get to here. By the way, U of L women's basketball, as we mentioned, two o'clock tip. Coverage starts at one thirty. Louisville and Wake Forest today on ninety three nine. The Ville. Hope you can check that out. Uh, the men yesterday battled but fell to NC State. Uh, a high-scoring game, 89-83. Uh, th- there were... There were some bright spots. There were the negatives, which is that this team just, again, we talked about it with Kentucky. Uh, Louisville just hasn't been able to play very good defense throughout the year. Um, offensively, we've talked about it. Like They've come along a little bit, and I think there are positives. We saw it at Miami during the week. Uh, we saw Miami also take a lot of ill-advised threes, which I think helped the Cards mm-hmm. win that game. But but nonetheless, it was a win. Trey White was back in the fold yesterday, which is something this team, uh, I think, uh, a major positive to have him back on the floor. But they, they fell behind a couple of times. They were down nine at halftime, fell behind by 11 in the first half, uh, obviously fell behind by what was it 14 late um, yeah they and, were down as much as 14 they were and, down 11 with just like two minutes right. to go and rallied and back then came storming back crazy crazy <laughs> i mean just just uh and and then obviously just fell a little bit short because of i, I think um you know i think just the, the hole was a little bit too big but there were so many you know mike james what a week he had huge in the Miami win and then added 20 more yesterday um, Brandon Hundley Hadfield a double double 13 and 10 he was 6 of 12 it did feel like he missed a lot of shots that he normally makes going one-on-one against a defender um, but nonetheless Curtis Williams has had a big week maybe sort of his coming out party as a freshman the last two games four of six from three yesterday uh, but at the end of the day all of it just comes undone on the defensive end of the floor and nc state had a season high 15 turnovers which is a positive for this louisville defense uh, and, and louisville didn't turn it over at an alarming rate yesterday only 10 uh, especially after the early going when they both teams just seemed to be throwing it to each other back and forth uh, louisville really settled in didn't have a lot of turnovers so that was not an issue for them but on the defensive end, it's uh, they were forcing a turnover, or NC State was scoring fifty four percent shooting. Let me interject. That's not that's not Nick Curran. That's not Zach Cantrell. That's not Phil Baker saying this. That's Kenny Payne saying this. If that's you right. don't defend, you are not winning. So I, before and it's it the numbers saying it as well. Yeah, well, because I know some. Well, but but then also I, I saw in the text line uh, during the post game show yesterday some people pointing out, uh, you know, well look at the amount of turnovers they forced. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll grant you that argument. The de- Kenny Payne saying the defense isn't still up there. And that's the crazy thing is that if offensively they they can play with anybody. It's just the defense is just so horrid in the turnovers. Yeah, they 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 have shown this year that they can play with teams on the offensive end of the floor. Um defensively is where it's it's certainly uh, been a problem and and also one other point about this game and I don't know that it benefited one team or the other but um, I thought in the first half they were letting both teams beat the living hell out of each other and in the second half everything was a foul I don't know if you guys thought the same thing but that's exactly what it was the inconsistency I mean, is just 
it's frustrating. That's, it's evergreen. We Again, can say that about every game. Just it's, about. it's very frustrating. It was very glaring yesterday because of, I mean, it, it was an incredibly physical game in the first half, and then all of a sudden the second half, it was whistle after whistle. Again, not saying it benefited anybody um, over anybody else, but it was just a, a frustrating frustrating thing to see as, as you watch the game sort of play on. But um, they're, they're just, you know, I, it, it, there's progress, right? And, and I think that is something to take away from it. Um, you know, they're definitely better than they were. We've talked about this a ton. They're better than they were last year. They're better than they were at the beginning of this year. Um, but you know, if if they can figure out a way to play some defense, and they and obviously they've they've had to try to go zone a little bit because of um, just the lack of manpower with the injuries and and guys uh, or or not having guys on the team or what have you. Um, but it's just they 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 haven't found a way to get stops consistently, and and that's ultimately the problem. But but if they if they can if they can figure that out. They could be okay. Um, they're on the offensive end. They're good enough to win games. I think we can say that. Yeah, it's just okay. And that's the question I have for you guys. I guess big picture is okay. You can acknowledge that there has been progress. You can acknowledge that there was a feel good moment at the KSEM Center. I think it was announced the second largest attended game, and probably I know it's tough to tell with the NC State having similar colors uh, next to the Kentucky game. Um, probably the the most well attended game of the the year. We're in and, agreement there. So and, well, they're clamoring to have like good things happen to this program. And that's like and the, that's one point. I, I I wasn't there, but sounded well attended. And the other part is the crowd. You can hear it on tv really into it as into it as a as a crowd i've heard on the men's side this entire season and so i thought that was a positive and they gave them things to cheer about yesterday it it sort of felt like old times a little bit didn't it it, it, you, you saw glimpses, and that's the thing. Like when it, it always makes me laugh because whenever you hear it's like you know this isn't the normal Louisville, and you, you see over and over again, um, you know people allude to, hey, um, you know Trey White played at USC in front of how many people, and it's like th- this is a well attended game. It just feels like a mausoleum because it's a twenty two thousand seat arena. But I, I think when you look at the big picture of like what is happening with that, you obviously know what you're going to get from Mike James. Sky Clark ended up with 10 points, but he had some boneheaded turnovers at the beginning of the game that you're scratching your head. You're just like that. You see talent there. And it's just some of these are like ill-advised, like not even defensively anything NC State did, just a a silly pass that like somebody wasn't ready for. And I think but you you also see bright spots from the standpoint, like I think Caleb Glenn, he only had four points, but his rebounding ability. And his ability and his knack to go up there, like the talent is there. Curtis Williams, you alluded to, there is talent there. So and, then it goes. One to, other thing about Glenn, he's yeah. having to play like backup center right now with no right, Emmanuel yeah. Cora for yeah, undersized, for very sure. undersized, but is battling in there. I completely agree with that. Yeah, and Brandon Huntley Hatfield, I think you can point to one of the things that you wanted to see after last year, and not having you know Sidney Curry develop in the manner, or Brandon Huntley Hatfield, quite frankly, in the manner that you wanted last season. You can point to something now and say, okay, Kenny Payne although it's not there 
all the time, you can see glimpses with Brandon Huntley Hatfield where it's like it's starting to click. And but it seems like the same thing over and over again with, um, you know, uh, Kenny Payne saying it's like I have to have him engaged all the time. And that is an issue. So you can see that. So I, I, that's I said brought this up last. Week. That's one silo. That's one bucket of it. Um, I, I don't want to go zero to the bigger picture and what that means, because quite frankly, I've heard a lot of absolutes, uh, a, lot of, a lot of our programming and on Twitter. Um, I have no idea what Josh Hurd is thinking, like in terms of like big picture, what that means and wins and losses, because I think you're heading that way. But I haven't heard anything outside of the WDRB piece in which it's like he needs to make some deposits. The Miami game was a positive deposit Um, yesterday. I think. I never want to do the notion that losing is okay at a program like Louisville. I never want to do that. However, and I give a massive caveat, and this is not a moral victory stance, the glimpses and, and, and the play, these are the types of losses that, although you can be angry at, you see glimpses of something is there that you need to put together from start to finish and that could have led to wins had they not gotten in the hole that they got it maybe in the first half and I don't want to say it's a positive deposit because it does come down to wins and losses there were glimpses there and I don't want to speak for you guys because you guys could say it's an idiot you know you're an idiot but I, I think this is one of those conflicted ones that Josh heard when it's like when he's putting his you know nickel into a, a, a piggy bank when the positive depositor he's keeping it to put it elsewhere this is the one where he's a little conflicted on, right? No, I, I absolutely agree with that. And I think if you're a Louisville fan, I think it's okay to celebrate just winning a game on Wednesday and not having to think about the bigger picture, not thinking about what are we going to do, who's the next coach going to be, just celebrate the fact that they played well, won a game. And it's been a while since they've had that kind of performance against a good team because Miami's a good team. They're probably more of an NCAA tournament bubble team than a top 25 team, but that's a good team that they beat. And then what we saw against NC State – if they would have just played with that kind of effort, if they would have done those kind of things all year, right. you know, they swing a couple of those games, and we're talking about them being nine and seven, ten and six, and people would have worked with you. That's but that but that hadn't happened, and so they're in the position they are right now, and that's six and ten, and we're already thinking about who the next coach is going to be. But nobody's ever said this season that the talent was the issue because it's not, and we've seen this now. You know, I think a, it's a couple, been. I think it's been sorry. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt there, Zach. And I want you to finish your thought. But I, I don't think it's necessarily been the the talent component. I think it's more so uh, the youth. I, I think that's what's kind of been used against them because I think Sky Clark gets lumped in as a transfer, and Nick had to kind of check me a couple times on this and get recalibrated my brain on this. Is that Sky Clark after leaving Illinois, uh, the talent is there, but you know we're, we're going through the mindset of what we see at Kentucky and Duke uh, in, in terms of talented freshmen. Yeah, and I think this is why everyone was clamoring to go out well, and get a Davion McKnight, go out and get an experienced point guard uh, or, or just leadership or something that could help bring this team together that it seems to be sorely lacking outside of, I mean, the most experienced guys on the team is J.J. Trainer and Mike James, and J.J. Trainer is now done for the season. Yeah, and I think that's something we talked about earlier this year. It's a very inexperienced team, and obviously that can work. We've seen what Kentucky has, but like it said this a bunch. It's like the worst of both worlds for Kenny Payne. Like last year went so poorly. Um, you know, four and twenty-eight, and we've talked about it time and again. I don't think that team, talent-wise, had any business being four and twenty-eight, but maybe attitude-wise, they did, and it just never came together. Uh, then you fast forward to this year, a largely 
new roster, nearly a complete turnover on the roster. And uh, you are almost at square one and sort of trying to build things because of all the inexperience. Um, and so it it's like, you know, if, if, if this year could have been last year, we'd be in a completely different place. Yes. If this was Kenny yeah. Payne's first year, we would be having very different conversations than what we had last year. But that's the problem. When you go four and 28, you've dug yourself so much of a hole that even if you show improvement, even if you show how hard everybody's playing, it doesn't ring. I mean, it rings hollow because you're, you're 10 and 38 now as a head coach. And we can talk about how hard they played. We can talk about, you know, the energy level that's been there the last couple games that clearly wasn't there all year. Why wasn't the energy level there all year? What I think that's a fair question. To ask. Right. No, Why no, I, I completely agree. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, if it and, had and I been, think, yeah, if it had been, ahead. they'd be, Eight and eight, ten and six. Like we, they'd have a decent record. This is not going to be a tournament team or anything like that. But you'd but see you some dramatic. You get, you get, you no get, question. I also don't think that the energy level hasn't been there. It's been to me the execution not being there uh, more so. Like the Arkansas State game, they were lifeless in a couple of games this year. Like if they, you could see the difference between how they played in the last two games and how they played, say, the Texas game and even three quarters of the Indiana game versus, you know, the Arkansas yeah, State game the versus Arkansas the State game, game. They were lifeless in the Arkansas State game. I didn't think they were lifeless in the pit game. Eh. They were there. Uh, they, they lost, but... Um, That's not a particularly good pit team. As obviously, it's not, but, but I mean, like Arkansas State Bulls. isn't a particularly good Arkansas State team either. So, um, th- they were lifeless in that game. Maybe you could argue to Paul, although I, I don't know that they were really lifeless in that. It's just... Th- they haven't been able to find ways to win, and uh, they did against Miami. They didn't yesterday, and that's kind of a next step, right, is is winning games like yesterday, and they, they don't have a lot of experience to draw upon for that because they won four games all of last year, and um, they, they, they just... They, they they did it on 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 Wednesday in Miami. They just couldn't quite do it yesterday. I okay, so with all that being said, okay, Eric Crawford put this out about five ten minutes ago, and I should give him royalties and bingo. Give my Eric Crawford bingo card out because we cited his article and everything else uh, this week. But he put this tweet out, and I think you can believe that, as Zach you see pointed out, uh, and see some positives and some growth there. But also see this: this is from Eric Crawford, WDRB. Give him a follow on Twitter slash X at Eric Crawford. Louisville basketball thoughts a day later. Still really hate or I'm sorry still really like all the freshmen and hate that Dennis Evans can't play both for him and his team they are figuring out some answers on offense if they could eliminate the one-man possessions maybe a half dozen a game it would be uh, be even better defense is another story Louisville is number 228 that is 228th in defensive efficiency in Ken Palm only one power conference school ranks lower DePaul, which they lost to. Uh, the next closest power conference program is Cal at 38 spots above them. The ACC program uh, closest to them is Boston College, 84 spots ahead. So work needs to be done there. So I, I, I bring that up from the standpoint of you can feel good about some of the things. And I, I'm seeing some two, two camps, quite frankly, on Twitter, which I know isn't the real world. But I think it's you're seeing two camps that are saying if – 
JJ Trainer, Sky Clark, Brandon Huntley Hatfield, and these are massive ifs, were to come back next year, you can build off something with that. And then it's operating as if, you know, KP needs more time, they're young and things like that. That's one camp. Then you have some that are completely checked out. It's like there's going to be talent for the next coach uh, and what that. There's also, and I don't think, I'm not going to read too much into it, but his name is on the practice facility building. Uh, Rick Hebert put some stuff out there, uh, a Rick Pitino clip of basically implying and people are kind of splitting hairs with this as essentially thinking like, oh, is this a shot at Kenny Payne? I don't think it's that. It's just looking back on the old days of how great it was with Rick Pitino and we'll play maybe his clip, maybe the edited version and what Would else is to going be. on. Uh, but, but just after the loss against Creighton last uh, night. So I, I think you're beginning to see some um, camps kind of be formed on where the season, wherever the season goes. If you get more games like the Miami game, obviously winning, those are positive deposits. I'm conflicted because it was still a loss yesterday, but you could see glimpses in which it's, it showed, okay, uh, NC State kind of feels like a bubble slash NIT team. You need to beat those type of teams eventually, and you are right there. And so you can, but then you have some, some pieces are there. He inherited a mess. The Trent Flower situation, the Dennis Evans situation, J.J. Trainer being done for the season, I think, and people don't want to hear this, this is my own personal opinion, I've said it multiple times, not saying it goes in the positive deposit bank like Josh Hurd has, but and, and I'm not using it as a crutch, but I'm just saying there are some out there that are going to use that as he was dealt an unfortunate scenario for this, and I am fascinated because I have no insight what those decisions will be like for Josh Hurd because I know some close to it. We have some on our airwaves saves, you know, Kenny Payne, um, you know, he's going to have to have a meeting with Josh Hurd at the end of the season to just kind of reflect on the future of the program, where he's going and things like that. But if you get what this po- this past week was, I think people will work with you on that. I don't know if that leads to him to get in a third year or not, but I think this past week was the first sign of, you know, can sit even in a losing effort that you could point to Kenny Payne and say, okay, um, there's something there. I don't know if it, what that means, big picture, because I just read to you where they ranked in Ken Palm defensively. Uh, but I, you can see they're building through some. But then I also hear I have little Ethan, Zach Cantrell, and uh, Taylor Lynch on my shoulder, like those Looney Tune commercials, like the angel and the devil, and saying the standard is the standard. You don't have forget to, it. You, yeah, don't forget it. You're, I, would you love to see Zachy C dressed up as a devil on no, my shoulder? No, that, I, don't I think that, that we need to get the graphics I department on ESPN. The, I would definitely You're be the, the problem, devil, child. The angel. Yeah, hi, no, it's me. me. I'm the problem. <laughs> <laughs> but but those are but those are some of the things that I am fascinated to see unfold in the next couple months. I'm fascinated as well. I, I think this week is maybe a little bit of a big week. They go to Chapel Hill to play North Carolina on a on Wednesday, a nine o'clock game, and then then two Winston Salem to play Wake Forest um, on Saturday. We'll see what happens in these next couple of games. Uh, it's. I mean, honestly, a pretty tough stretch of the schedule at North Carolina, at Wake Forest, home against Duke, home against Virginia, uh, at Clemson. Uh, that's how they finish out the month of January. Yeah. So th- th- there's there's a lot of tough games in there. Um, this is one of the uh, kind of the meat of the schedule for for Louisville and ACC play, and I think. Um, you know, I, I think how the next four or five games go sort of determine how the rest of the season goes. Maybe um, I don't know. Those are pretty good teams they're playing. They so. are, but if, yeah, as, if, as, if as you're texter comp- pointed out, Louisville in the next game against one of the best teams in the country, definitely if, the ACC. North Carolina who destroyed Syracuse. If you're competitive uh, and and lose them all, 
like there's a chance things could get away from you in the last month of the year because you just couldn't find a way to win. Uh, if you could win a couple of those somehow, it might sort of change uh, the feel and, and just build some positive momentum going into the last uh, month of the season, of the regular season in February. going to be very interesting, but uh, the next five games I, I think are fascinating because um, – there's no question it's a very difficult portion of the schedule and um if if you could find a way to win a couple maybe it could sort of change things uh, around a little bit and and sort of change the narrative if you're competitive in all five and win a couple um we'll see if you lose all five i mean even if you are competitive no one's gonna are we we past the point where the narrative can really be changed like i do people just look at this week as okay it was a solid week they played good but it doesn't really change the long-term narrative like i I, I think we're past the point where the narrative we we might be past the point for fans for the narrative to change but i I don't know if we're past the point for the for people who are going to actually be making decisions for the narrative i think we we are i think josh is smart enough to realize that you know, just because you have a nice couple of games here, there doesn't change the long term prospect of Kenny. Payne well, being a no, but coach. I mean, he, then if that were the case, he would have let him go after Christmas. Then, like, I Which mean, I think that's why he's given. But, but again, when like Nick pointed out, it's like when you're dealing with other people's fun coupons and you have to do these buyouts, which, again, that's another fascinating thing. Our very own Jack Grossman field of 68 and others have pointed out uh, the buyout doesn't drop till. March 31st so yeah that's the uh, reason he's frankly, still around let's be honest well no but well, even but, then you would have a coach in place by then in my opinion because that's final four weekend like that's I mean you you that's, that's what right. they had with Chris Mack so that's something else where it's like you would want to have that for the recruiting being doing the that's actually know, not that's actually not final four weekend by the way well, final the fo- four weekend that, is the following week so oh it's oh so March Madison uh, this is that weird eight but again heading yeah. into final four weekend you want to have that out so maybe they would have a situation in which that would works but again, yeah this is the weird year selection Sundays on St. Patrick's Day yeah have that every oh, like, decade or so. I, I love, love it. Yeah. yeah. Well, when Louisville, you know, had it, but that's been a decade. Uh, let's play. Well, they won the national title of- in 13 when the selection Sunday was oh. on St. Patrick's Day. So Louisville oh, fans but- really did love it. Yes, well, I mean, it was just the debauchery that ensued. Some core memories there. Uh, let's play one on KP in the crowd, if you don't mind, just to say we checked the, the box of saying that we played one piece of KP sound today on just what the crowd meant. Um, and, and that I th- just play one of them, Zach. I don't have it in front of me because I'm doing this on my phone. So uh, here was uh, Kenny Payne post game. I believe it's KP1 talking about what the crowd was like inside the KFC Yum Center against NC State. Coach, it was a noticeable change in energy just in the arena as a whole to actually have home court advantage here and to feel that from the fans. What kind of impact did that have on your team and and ultimately throughout the game as well? Major. I think these kids need to see the fans in here like they were tonight or today. Um, They need to cheer them on. They need to help them fight harder, you know, and they need to get after them when we don't fight harder. Um, You know, it's what... When we go to these other arenas and we watch these teams and we play and we're competing against these teams, that's what their arenas feel like. We need to let our people know and other people that walk in here, that's why you're important. You're vital to this. And these kids need you. 
I want to play a game. Uh, it just dawned on me. This okay. is me being the former producer, right. and it's not today because I'm not in studio. I'm going to play a game with you and Zach in the weeks to come. Don't let me forget this. Just kind of like uh, me working on the what else is going on imaging and or uh, the imaging for a cup of Joe segment when Caller Joe calls in. That's right. Uh, I want to do something. Was it's um, I'm going to play clips, recent clips from Kenny Payne, or was it last year? And you will have to decide. Was oh, it the wow. same I like, thing? You, I like. Do you like that? Okay, yeah. don't let any other show steal it. Uh, that's ours. <laughs> Be, I think there's that something. Could be a, I think, that could be a fun game. Louis was trying I, I, okay. to get me to do that, but this is our thing now. We're oh, he it. was trying to get you to do that? Did yeah. I steal this from Louis? Oh, I'm sorry. No, I didn't no, hear no, that. No. no, Louis just took clips from last year. And oh, and played, yeah, the Danny Manning stuff. Yes, no, I agree with yeah. that. I, I heard that. That was a good get by him. And he actually got me because I thought it was uh, the one over the weekend because Danny Mann hosted that show, too. Yeah, okay, if, I, so if it's, I wouldn't have known it was last year, I would have thought it would just happen the day before. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, that's kind of my uh, two cents on no, that. But we, some maybe bright next spots. Week. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, maybe working on the imaging with 2024, new year, new me. So maybe we'll do that. Um, but no, I, I think you can. I'm fascinated. Like, there's a couple prisms we can talk about it through. It's feel good. Uh, the Miami win. It's. I don't want to say feel good because that sounds like a moral victory after that because there were still some blunders in which you're just scratching your head like, what are these guys doing? But there were positive things to take away of them. I don't want to say, oh, they fought. Those, that's what you're supposed to do. But in Kenny Payne and the, and the state of college basketball, um, how is that viewed from the board of trustees and Josh Hurd is what's fascinating to me. Is that considered a positive deposit? We need a flow chart. We need a dry erase board of, um, you know, like uh, what you have in, in, in Nick will know this with like the stick when you take drop the kiddo off at daycare it's like when oh you went potty training today you get a sticker and things mm. like that does Kenny Payne have a potty training uh, chart for oh. positive deposits for Josh Hurd in his office 2679680 goodness gracious I, I think um, I, yeah I don't know how you and, and you know the the injury issues are a real factor right, right. like you can say well it doesn't matter and he should be gone anyway and that's perfectly fine like i I think that's a very reasonable viewpoint but but injuries are a factor jj trainer being out a factor dennis evans being out a factor um you know trey white having missed the last several games a factor emmanuel okorafor continuing to be out a factor because he's a guy that could give uh brandon hunley hatfield a spell and and be more um you know a true setter than Caleb Glenn is even though he's done a nice job in there but he's still very undersized and teams can take advantage of that so I think you know there's that like injuries have been a real thing um and and it's something to to sort of keep in mind I don't know how all this weighs out and how because they still lost it. games with the full, you know, absolutely the, the full that, roster. So, 100%. but again, the season you, you, you didn't do anything at the the beginning of the season. So now it could be spun as like, oh, he's doing this with all the injured guys there, and it's keeping it close. So again, I'm not saying that. I'm just telling you this is how it could be viewed from uh, those that want him to get a third year. So just do with that what you will. Let's just do an exercise versus just going zero to coaching search because it feels like it's trending that direction. But um, you know, I, I don't know what is that barometer of what. Uh, Josh Hurd views as a positive deposit, even in a losing effort. Yeah, that's that's obviously the the question that we don't know the answer to. But there are a, a lot of things to factor in, I think, and um, we'll see how it plays out. And I think the next five games are are uh, could be pretty important we'll see how, how all that goes uh 267-9680 the phone number we'll get to a break here in a second we do have john up next here on espn 680 and 1057 what's up john hey guys uh 
Uh, I got to admit, I'm not a L fan, but I think this week was a positive. Uh, I think it put some money in the bank for him. And the other thing, uh, I saw him the other night at the St. X Trinity game. And I was just curious what he was doing there other than hanging around. Uh, I mean, is there somebody he's looking at there on one of those teams, I guess? I don't know. So, um, but the other, the other question I have is, um, y'all keep talking about Josh Hurd's decision. Josh, I, I mean, it seems to me this decision is much bigger than just Josh Hurd. I know he's the point man and all that, but. Oh, I, I brought up the Board of Trustees. I, I brought up the Board of Trustees being a factor multiple times. I, I think that's something that not just he says uh, in his interview with WDRB and Eric Crawford that he has a good relationship with the president and it would be his decision. But uh, without knowing Josh Hurt, I definitely think that's a component. I think regardless of what numbers are out there from the buyout culture and things like that, you know, I, I don't want to get down to the financials of what you can and can't do. But I think ultimately it's going to come down to, OK, do you think that this is your guy long? term and has he done anything um, off the court that has put the university in the negative light by all accounts he hasn't I mean you can maybe argue the Karan Davis thing and how poorly that was handled but again how it's viewed from the board of trustees and the president maybe not just Josh Hurd uh, but it's been conveyed to me that people that are close to Josh Hurd I don't know Josh Hurd from Adam that uh, Josh Hurd does have the autonomy to do this but I think it's a valid question you bring up and I think getting the financial ducks in a row for people that might that you need in the fold financially long term and who might be people that would help with a move like this like i think that's always part of what an ad is is trying to do so i think definitely that factors into things and guys they you know they gotta think about you gotta think about where they've come from i mean people people want to think that patino was just there yesterday and, uh, man, I mean, there's been a bottom here. And, uh, you know, it takes a little work, and sometimes you you need, to, you need to stay with your investment, if you will, for a while. I mean, this is pretty early. I mean, the second year, I know the first year wasn't strong, but, uh, and, I mean, to, by all accounts, Kenny Payne is one nice, good guy and good for the community and good for the university and all that. So I, I don't think that decision is going to be made too lightly. And I, I think he's, and you know, he's got a lot of people behind him too. When you talk about, you know, Junior Bridgman and stuff like that, I mean, Josh Hurd's got to think about all that too. No, I, I agree. You, no. you got you to stroke sure. egos of some of those uh, there. Appreciate it, John. But Thanks, no, I John. think ultimately you can't be handcuffed uh, if you don't feel like something is working big picture. If you, you can't be handcuffed or married to some regardless of that financial hit because on the other side of that, the financial hit is not doing something and then just kind of going into the abyss and not doing it. And you don't have the, the luxury of doing that when you have the cash cow. That also, to take it a step further, uh, look at the speculation in the controversy, not speculation, the controversy around the Michigan football team. They just won a national championship. I know uh, Zachy C is very thrilled about that, but who gives a crap about the stuff that's going on? They're just going to go down as national champions. Kansas, all the tentacles that they had, they won. They dealt with a lot of things um, similar. Arizona got the number one in the country with that. Tommy Lloyd obviously taking over for Sean Miller and the stuff, and and you had the ability to turn it around quickly. I think that I know people are going to say it wasn't the same stuff as Louisville. Okay, that's fine. 
But when you're a top six program, as what the AP put out, top six, top seven, depending on what you look at, you have to make big time moves and decisions like this for the greater good of the program. But again, this is me operating through the prism of when maybe Tom Jurich was here. I don't know what Josh Hurd's, um, you know, mindset is with that. By all accounts, everyone says he has the the ability and the autonomy and the freedom to do these things. But those are questions that are need to be asked for sure. No, I, it's uh, that's. It's all that goes into it, and there's so many, um, there's so many aspects that have to be taken into account, and that's why that job is a very tough one. Two six seven nine six eighty, the phone number four three seven nine six eighty, the UPS jobs text line. Let's take a break. Country song of the week, maybe a little. What else is going on? We can talk more about the cards as well. All that straight ahead. It's the Sunday morning hangover here on ESPN six eighty and one zero five seven. You're locked on the Sunday morning hangover on ESPN 680 and 1057. Now, here's Nick Curran and Phil Baker. in my early 40s with a lot of life before me when a moment came that stopped me on a dime I spent most of the next days looking at the x-rays talking about the options and talking about sweet time Asked him when it sank in. It's our country song of the week. Is this Tupac? Funny that you go with Tupac today. Not, not Tupac, but it is Tim McGraw. It's Tim McGraw. I was going to say, it would have been better if he went with Nelly because he actually well, did a song with Tim McGraw. Yeah, but it is Live Like You Were Dying. That's the Well, Tupac the is living in Puerto Rico these days, so... Right. So. Allegedly. Interesting. Tim McGraw, Live Like You Were Dying. That's our country song of the week. Well, there you go. Good Great song. We almost made it through the hook. Almost. Zach, he sees quick on that trigger. That's how he, he look. You know, he's got takes. He's got to have. We, look, what else is going on? We got to talk about Saban. We got to talk about the, we got to put a bow on the college football playoff. I know. We don't really Zach, have sees. to. What? You don't want to? <laughs> nah. uh, well, you, you want to talk about Michigan? Well, we'll, well, yeah, I know how you feel about that. We'll, we'll go zero to Saban because I know you know how I feel about Nick Saban. I love yeah. Nick Saban. I, I, I'm going to miss Nick Saban. But that that coming out of seemingly nowhere, mm-hmm. um, I know we can spend a little time in the ripple effect that quite possibly means for college football. How about the general. fact that we had three legendary coaches all either get fired or retire right. in like a 18 hour stretch? And poor Pete Carroll wins a national championship at USC and wins a Super Bowl. Nobody talks about Pete Carroll because the two greatest coaches Saban in the sports retire. Yeah. It's like wow. you couldn't give me a heads up and let me know that you guys were going to yeah, announce like that. I could have done this a week later. Yeah. Belichick topped uh, Pete Carroll once again. He Every succeeded time. him in New England and then he beat him Every in the Super Bowl. Every single time. Now he did it Every again. Every single time. 
Yeah, I know. And look, I want to give a shout out. I heard uh, Zachy C and Louie talking about this. Uh, Zachy C, you know, a friend of, unfortunately, his buddy uh, Mike Vrabel got uh, let go in Tennessee. You got any insight on where he's going to land? It feels like he's going to be a highly sought after individual. Yeah, no insight on where he's going to land. I thought maybe the Patriots Patriots would be interested, but they went quickly with Gerard Mayo. Didn't know that it was written in Gerard Mayo's contract that he was going to be the successor, which I don't know how they got past the Rooney rule doing that because you're supposed to interview a couple of minority candidates but of course they interviewed they hired a black coach so i, don't I was really, gonna say yeah i'm pretty sure that satisfies the rooney rule no you I still think. no you still have to enter you still have to interview other outside candidates according to the rule anyway but i don't know you exactly break that down at 1205 i want you to read the top that along with the hawkeye we'll do that let's just get to it uh we're already jumping into it. Do we want to play the imaging or do we not want to play yeah, the imaging? It, it's up to you. I sent it to Zach, but feel it, it's up to you. If you feel like it's uh, drawn out and we don't need to, it's fine. We can just do it without sound this week. It's our favorite segment, the one you probably hate. It is What Else Is Going On. And now it's time for What Else Is Going On with Nick Curran and Nick Evans. And, and Zachy C. And Phil, Phil Baker. Baker. Working on that imaging along with, um, yeah, maybe that cup of Joe segment with our buddy uh, Joe, and now that new segment. Was it played from this year or last year with Kenny Payne? We could probably do that for any and every coach, too, by the way. Yeah, Just absolutely. Sure. Work. John Calipari, Mark yeah. Stoops, money to do that. There's no question yes. about it. There's a lot of guys uh-huh. we could do that with. All uh, right. Well, we, we, we talked about it. We were going to dive into it. Uh, the Nick Saban news, the ripple effect around college football. Your thoughts. I'll open the floor to you guys. Nick, can go first on just, I mean, just a crazy day out of nowhere. Didn't do the farewell tour like Coach K, but uh, the face of the sport seemingly is gone and retired. End of an era and a good interview. uh, Him kind of talking about why he's getting out and basically just didn't want to do it when he got too old and felt like he was slowing down a little bit. So time to get out and respect it. And I think it's been a theme with coaches now. There's a lot more on their plate than there's ever been with um, with with NIL and, and, you know, just trying to compete in that field. Uh, a lot going on. So, uh, yeah, the best ever. And um, I think, obviously, they had an inkling internally that this was going to happen before it was announced because they hired a new coach right quick. That's a search that you would have expected to have taken a while. I don't think Boy, it was talk a about his climb. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, we'll get to Kalen DeBoer. I'm yeah. just, I'm, st- I was stunned because there was no indication that Saban was thinking about retiring. I mean, he's interviewing people for assistant jobs this week. I don't think he knew he was going to retire until he went in. He said like at three fifty-five, I think he had a four o'clock meeting. He didn't know which version he, of the speech he was going to give before he walked in there. But look, Nick Saban is unquestionably the greatest college coach of all time. Seven national championships, six of them at Alabama from 2008 up until this season. This was the first year since. 2007 that Alabama never reached number one in the polls at any point. 15 straight years they were ranked number one at some point during the season and this year including this year from 2008 to 2023 either Alabama won the national championship or all but two years the team that ended up winning the national championship had to beat Alabama along the way to doing so. You talk about just the greatest run that will probably never happen again in the history of college football. Nick Saban is the unquestioned greatest 
college football coach of all time. It, I don't even think there's a close second. It's not even no, like a John Wood, Mike Krzyzewski debate. No, no, no. there well, is no and, and, two, and also, like, think about just like from the college basketball world and this. I know Coach K did the farewell and, and whatnot, but just we talk about the faces of the sport that are no moss. It sounds like he's going to probably get a gig on college game day in some capacity, and he's really good when he's on with McAfee uh, on there. And obviously, I love him for the D's and you know that I want to see with his players. I want to see Bill Belichick and Nick Saban do like their version <laughs> of the Manning cast or do a podcast together or something. That would be the most informational football show of all time. It could be. No, I agree. It, it would be fun uh, for that. Well, Bill Belichick, he's kind of a stiff, but he no, lets not. his hair down occasionally. He's not. No, Belichick outside of football apparently is one of the funniest people. Like Bon Jovi yeah. said, he's hilarious. He's an yeah, engaging guy nice outside of too. the podium up there. Uh, let's see. But no, it's. But I think, quite frankly, the, the fascinating story is you, you saw something Jimmy Sexton working his magic. Um, just All these guys, guys are paid. Jimmy Sexton. <laughs> I mean, clients. shout out to him. You're negotiating with the terrorists. I, I negotiate with the terrorists and my toddler and Jimmy Sexton. That's someone, what ADs have to do. Someone did that on Twitter. His client retired, being Nick Saban. He got raises for a couple of clients and Dan Lanning in Oregon and Steve Sarkeesian in Texas. And his other client in DeBoer got the job. Well, and just think of the stones that DeBoer has to have. I mean, quite frankly, you got to strike while the iron's hot, but just the climb up for NAIA uh, and what he was able to do. But, I mean, following Nick Saban, that is – and I know Nick Saban's going to be there to help out with some of the things, but, man, that is going to be a um, big shoes to fill. You want to be the guy that follows the guy that follows the right. guy. Kalen DeBoer, I think, is going to have success. I mean, his career coaching record is 104 wins and 12 losses, which is just amazing. But he's never done it at the level – of Alabama, and I'm interested to see what that fan base, what's the reaction going to be if Kalen DeBoer, I don't know, if he coaches 10 years there and only wins two national championships. Well, That's below what Saban ever did. He's he, he's not going to be able to win unless he somehow matches Saban, which no college coach will ever he's do. He's not an SEC guy, so that can take a little bit of an adjustment, Well, Nick too. wasn't either. Until he yeah, got he LSU. was, though. He was at LSU. Yeah, so, but he was from the Dolphins. He was at AFC Easter. That's but what he was. I think... Uh, It'll be interesting because um, if you lose two games, failure, they're running you out the door. Can you imagine, oh, by the way? We got a place that we should have played some of those fine bomb calls. They were oh, epic. Yeah. Can you imagine, by the way, here's one of the great what ifs in the history of football. What if the Dolphins doctors had decided that Drew Brees was medically good enough to play and they would have signed Drew Brees? Maybe he doesn't go to Alabama, and you get the Nick Saban versus Bill Belichick, Tom Brady versus Drew Brees. That becomes one of the great rivalries probably in the history of the NFL. Could have been. Yeah. What could what have been? been? But uh, Did you see this? This is something for Nick Kern. I know he enjoys. Uh, did you see the possible relationship with ESPN and the NFL? I did. Did you see this? It's, I did. So we talked about they may be getting a stake in ESPN. Yeah, the NFL might buy, a, might buy a stake in ESPN just so the ESPN will basically take the NFL Network off their hands and uh, they, they've been trying to get rid of the NFL Network evidently for a while and uh, their way to do it might be to purchase a bit of an ownership stake in ESPN which will uh, only further yeah, that, the conflicts of interest that are already there which which is interesting. I, another story about ESPN not sure if you saw this but um, various behind the scenes Folks associated with College Game Day are banned from winning any Emmys That's right. for the next year or two because they oh, I did they this. won some Emmys for on air. I guess before this year, on air personalities couldn't win Emmys for 
uh, a show winning an Emmy. Like the credits couldn't be people that were on air, and so they faked names. For... <laughs> I love that somebody checked them. But it was like it was like not Kirk Curb Street, but Turk Curb Street or something like that. Like the names were basically the same, and so it's just hilarious that all these. So they they got Emmys, but it's kind of dumb that you couldn't win one if you're on the air on the show. Like it had to be behind the scenes credits only. So they broke the rules to get the Emmys. Some of them are having to be given back, or some people are saying, I don't know where it is, to avoid having to give it back. It's very fascinating. Well, ESPN's having a hell of a start to 2024 between that and the whole McAfee-Rogers thing, aren't they? Which they said Aaron Rodgers wasn't going to go on, and then he was on the very next day. And by the way, Jimmy Kimmel's uh, firing back at Aaron Rodgers. Not good. No, that, that I was disappointed in Jimmy Kimmel. He had a week to come up with something. and Not just that's a week. What he came he up had with. all these writers that should be yeah, helping him, Yeah, come too. on, guys. Yeah. He, like, it, education shamed him. I'm I could have like, come yeah. up with something better than that, and I don't have writers. No, no he look, was, you did, he, you did your he, HIV story with uh, Magic oh Johnson to open the show. And right that there. was funnier <laughs> than what Jimmy Kimmel said. <laughs> he went at it from more of a serious perspective. Than the comedy, so I guess. All right, uh, yeah, fun show. Reminder: We got you covered if you're driving around today with the NFL it, games. Reminder: The Bills Pitt uh, Pittsburgh Steelers game got moved to tomorrow, so that'll probably be joined in progress after the roundtable on ESPN 680 We still got another three and a half minutes. Well, oh, wait, no, you're fine. I was just one, resetting. One thing I want to get to also: We haven't mentioned it at any other point. Uh, this is maybe not the best place to bring it up, but no um, oh boy. No, but but rest in peace, Coach Jerry Jones um, yes, yes. passed away earlier in the week, and um, I I got to know him a little bit from from uh, doing the the Bellerman games, and I mean the best man you'll ever meet. Um, just uh, it was always great to talk to him because he he just was always happy and and treated me great. Obviously, the architect of. Um, one of the architects of the of the run here that Denny Crum had. He and Denny Crum coaching uh, at Louisville. Just a fascinating guy and um, a, a great one, and going to be missed. No, I, I agree. I haven't had to get to interact with him a ton, but only positive sport, uh, stories that individuals said about him. And I'm really kind of cool. I think his daughter was the one that was documenting all the former players that were coming yeah. to see him as he entered hospice and whatnot. So regardless of what you think about kind of the whole components of uh, you know the KP area, uh, it seems like a lot of the former players, including Kenny Payne, went to visit him, uh, making an impression on his life for sure. I think that's uh, well said by you and I know Scotty D and our uh, son Russ Davenport I yep. saw at the gym. He was telling me about that was like a second grandpa to him. So uh, yep. that was always good to uh, hear those positive stories about that. So, no, good job uh, shoehorning that and have that on my notes. But doing the show on the phone today, so apologies uh, for not bringing that up sooner. Yeah, and um, yeah, it meant a lot to, to Coach Davenport, I know, too. So um, thinking of everybody there and, and uh, just a, a great man that we lost, but a wife, a life incredibly lived by, uh, by Coach Jones. Agreed, agreed. Um, no easy transition on that, but you see all the beers that were exploding at Arrowhead on people, too? Oh, like, yeah. You didn't watch the game, but on Twitter, Nick. No, I didn't it, see it on okay. Twitter, either. Yeah, I, there it is. People were... This is analysis they you were, can't get because, anywhere else because in this of, market. Because of how cold it was, they were freezing and exploding. Is that how it yeah. works? Yeah, that's, yeah. that's how it works. They had to Mark keep them in the fridge just to keep them cold. Yeah. Oh, to keep them warm, you mean? Warm, warm. warm. To get them warmer. Yeah, Yeah, that's wild. Right. Did you see Chad Johnson, uh, Ocho Cinco, was in town, too? Oh, yeah. He's looking at a cigar uh, bar. 
Oh, here, well here in the mill? Yeah. Yeah, so his daughter runs for a track for Kentucky. And she oh. was down at the uh, right. North uh, Track and Field uh, Sports Facility in the West End. A beautiful facility, by the way. And, uh, yeah, so he was down there enjoying that, seeing her perform uh, and run down there. How about that? Ocho Cinco, baby. Still looks the same. Him and Shannon Sharp, a great podcast, by the way. Great, great, great podcast. Do so you want to break down the Cat Williams, Shannon Sharp uh, uh, feud? That, uh, that I that still don't fun? know what it's about. I have no idea. The, I the literally comedy, have no idea. The, co- the comedic industry. That's what it's about. So, oh, yeah. yeah I, coming up li- at 12.05 with uh, Zachy C's Newsmax o- OAN breakdown coming up. But uh, I have to do some research. Uh, reminder for who you got in the here. Iowa caucus. Sorry, had to do that too. <laughs> Zachy C, twelve oh five, coming up. Uh, reminder if you're driving around, Nick Kern's got you covered for Louisville women's basketball versus Wake Forest, one thirty on ninety three nine The Ville. Uh, Bills and Steelers move to tomorrow four thirty. That'll be joining Irish probably on six eighty. Packers and Cowboys four fifteen, and Lions and Rams tonight via Westwood one. If you are driving around. Fun show. Appreciate you being flexible with me. Be with you from Chapel Hill, North Carolina, next week. Looking I'll be forward back to that. In the studio. Mama said knock you out. Happy birthday to LL Cool J. We'll talk to you next week. Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is. With Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience, too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash care anywhere. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling.